This episode of Tester's Island Discs is sponsored by TestRail, a modern web-based test management tool which allows you to manage all of your testing efforts in a centralized location. To learn more about TestRail and to find out how you can sign up for a free trial, visit www.testrail.com or see the details in the show description. Welcome to Tester's Island Discs, your most musical guide to the world of software testing. My name's Neil Studd, and I'll be your castaway companion. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Tester's Island Discs, where today my special guest is Andrew Morton. Andrew is joining the ranks of testers who've appeared on both of my podcasts. He was previously a guest on Screen Testing, Talk to Myself, and Dan Billing about Doctor Who. And after spending more than three years working at Bright Pearl, Andrew recently took up a new position working as the dev boss at the Ministry of Testing. Hello, Andrew. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Neil. Uh, glad to be on. Been looking forward to this. Should be fun. Yeah, you were one of the very first people to apply to the extent that actually you changed your job after you applied. So I've been going through a little run of episodes recently where accidentally I've just been interviewing people from the Ministry of Testing. And now you're one of those. Yes. <laughs> how did that come about? Uh, well, how it came about was I was talking to Richard Bradshaw um, at uh, Test Pass Manchester back in October. He was mentioning the fact that they've got big plans for the dojo and for all the stuff they need to do. And that sometime this year, they'd be looking for a, a full-time developer. And uh, I know that they're using Ruby in the root, which, and I'm an avowed Rubyist. So I basically said, well, when it comes up, you know, let me know. And then it basically went from there. So obviously it's a role that's development in name, at least. Are you still bringing your tester's mindset to that role? Are you still going to be a developer who doesn't forget about the testing? That is certainly the plan. A few things we'll obviously we will get to later, but I'm quite influenced by Alan Page and Brent Jensen and their idea of the modern tester and modern testing. And certainly that kind of mindset, the idea of if you want to be able to test something well, you need to be in control of it. So if you want developers to test, well, be a developer and test uh, seems to work quite well. So yeah, that's the kind of mindset I'm hoping to bring to it. But I was also speaking to Rosie Hamilton uh, at Test Bash Brighton, saying that although I'm a developer role, I still might see myself as a tester. So my identity is still very much in testing. <laughs> Excellent. Always nice to have people who wear multiple hats. And it's always nice to have a big name on the podcast, if you don't mind me saying so. Yeah. However, you're one of the number of people who share a name with a more famous person. You're not the Andrew Morton who is Princess Diana's official biographer, are you? No, I'm also not the Andrew Morton who wrote part of the Linux kernel either. So. <laughs> well, maybe you'll overtake him one day. Uh, there are a couple of other famous Neil Studs in the world. I think I'm probably number three on the list. Uh, there's one who is, a, uh, I think, an Olympic swim team coach in America, which is quite ironic because I can't swim. And there's another one in the UK uh, in Suffolk who's actually a doctor and has just come back from uh, Sierra Leone where he's treating Ebola. So I can't quite put myself up in the upper echelons of the Neil Studs, but uh, it's nice to have a namesake out there. Yes, it is. Now, as you've hinted already, you're here today to do me a massive favour. I wasn't actually able to make it to Test Bash Brighton this year, much to my disappointment, but you were. So we're going to be going through a few of your favourite talks from the day. You're something of a Test Bash regular now, aren't you? When was your first one? Yeah, my first Test Bash was the first one in Brighton. So that was 2013, I believe, was the first one. Um, I've been to Brighton every year apart from 2017, uh, which I couldn't make because I was at a friend's wedding. Uh, but I did go to Manchester that year instead. So pretty much every every year. I did speak at Brighton along with my then colleague, Anna Bake, at Test Bash 2016 
in Brighton as well. So been up on the main stage, done the 99 second talks, and it's all good fun. I, I like going to Test Bash because it gives me that re-energising that I need. And Andrew's talk and all the others he mentioned are available on the dojo. I'll put links in the show notes to those. With a pro subscription. Yeah, the, talk, the talks are available for free if you've been to the conference and you get access to the talks from the conference you're at. Otherwise, yeah, a pro subscription to the dojo will get you access to all the talks from all the test bashes. And there's so many of them these days that really that's the cost-effective way of doing it, I think it's fair to say. It, very much so, yes. Mm. Since you can get all the talks for less than a test bash ticket to a single one, it's uh, well worth its weight. Yeah, it doesn't quite replace the uh, the fun community feel of being there. I've I've been watching some of the Brighton videos this week uh, in preparation of today's discussion, and it, it's great. But it's like oh, I wish I was in the room there with them. It's the talking after the talks as well, the uh, meeting people in between and talking about what you've just seen that is very much the heart of the conference. Right, well, we've got a lot to be getting on with today because you actually asked me to keep extra time aside for you to talk about your songs because you feel so deeply about them. So we better get on with it. <laughs> that, that, was, that was one theory, of course. The other one would be <laughs> that I'm just not that interesting about anything else. So there you go. <laughs> so what was the first song that you chose? Uh, the very first song that I chose was a song by Stan Bush, and it's off the Transformers the Movie soundtrack, which is a very big part of my childhood. I'm very much a Transformers fan and have been since well, way back, basically. The particular song uh, I've chosen is Dare. The more famous one is the one known as The Touch, but Dare to me speaks more as to what, as a tester, we should be doing. It's very much that idea of take the chance, take the risks, push the boundaries. I say I had a lot, I didn't have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a first appearance on Tessa's Island Discs for Stan Bush with Dare. Fun fact, everybody, Stan Bush was the first person to be submitted twice to appear on the podcast, so you'll certainly be hearing more from him in the future, not least because he's also become the first person to be submitted three times. So there's definitely more Stan Bush in our future. Now, Andrew, of all the talks that you saw at Test Pass Brighton, what was the first one that you picked as a standout? Uh, the first one I picked as a standout was Rosie Hamilton's talk on discovering logic in testing. I had the privilege of seeing an early version of this talk because Rosie was given the opportunity to come down to Bristol to do the talk for a meetup that I help with called Southwest Test. Uh, so she did the early version of the talk there. So I was very interested to see what would be the difference between her practice at the meetup and the uh, the big stage at test bash yeah practicing on a small scale is really useful i found that massively beneficial when i spoke in philadelphia last year uh, i did a blog post about the differences between my local meetup version and the version that made it to the final stage it's a really useful way of getting your talks tweaked uh, and to, to learn what works to learn what needs to be clearer to learn what needs to be cut for time timing is a, is a massive thing when you're, you're at a conference and you've, you've got tight deadlines so I don't know what was there before and what made it to the final cut, but what I was really impressed by with Rosie's talk was how she was able to get really deep into some technical discussion in a way that was still presentable, the way she used the example of a gaming app to actually say, um, now this is an example of how, for example, 
inductive reasoning and deductive reasoning work. What was really fun about it was the way she went through, obviously, each of the different types of reasoning and then showing why there was a limitation of, you know, the deductive reasoning and then how that led on to the more complex inductive reasoning. And then finally, the probably most complex abductive reasoning. And and it's the abductive reasoning she made the case for that that's what testers do. Yeah, so the, the focus of the talk was all about how you can put terms to explain what it is that you do every day, even if you don't really know what it is. So she talked about how she came from a games testing background where she kind of just, she felt that she did the testing and she didn't really know how to put it into words what it was. And it was how she came across these terms from these philosophers that helped put words to the phrase and help put reasoning and rationale behind uh, what she did. One of the things that I really liked was the example she used for deductive reasoning. She showed the example of the logic grid puzzle. I'll, I'll put oh, a link yeah. to one of those if you don't know what they are. I used to live on those as a child. I had puzzle books for a summer holiday. I bought books that just had those in. I loved those. It's funny you should mention that because I still go on holiday now and my buy is a logic problems book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's my do on the plane, do ask them to buy the pool. It's my jam. It gives you a proper a chance to be a proper Sherlock Holmes because you're like you're reading the clues. It's like Jane went to the beach on a Friday, but she didn't take the red spade. And you're like, right. So I mean, she didn't go to the beach on the Wednesday or the Thursday, and she's not the one who had the blue bucket. And then, yeah, I love p- piecing those together until you get. The, it, it's kind of like a uh, a slightly wordier version of Sudoku, where Sudoku there's a logical order to solve the problem in such a way that it makes it solvable, uh, but just with words and thinking. I also like the way she talked about how to report bugs that you've discovered, particularly around helping to diagnose them and trying to find the simplest explanation that fits and how so often just narrowing it down to what the simplest possible course is could be really useful. Yeah, I, I have seen bug reports with like 20 odd steps and you, you kind of got to wonder of, could you have said that a bit more concisely? <laughs> is, yeah. Are you sure that certainly you need to do every single one of those in order to reproduce this? <laughs> so. Yeah. We've had a real push of that within our team recently to try and slim those down. So, for example, when we find bugs, so often they would the step one of the bug would say, download a backup of the database from production. <laughs> and then step two is like, go to this customer. It's like, no, what we need to do is work out what it is about that customer's the problem and then say, start from this clean database and do this, this, and this. And yeah. then that is the simplest route to get to the thing that's the problem. Yeah, so if you say if you have a customer that's got you know, an apostrophe in their name, that's one of the mm-hmm. easiest ones, you start yeah. with that. Yeah, don't start with a million rows and narrow it down to the one you need. Just just get the one in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So that talk like the others is available on the dojo with a link in the show notes. And that takes us on to your second song choice, Andrew. Okay. Uh, so my second song choice is by a band called Floggy Molly. Now, Floggy Molly, I particularly like. I'm very keen on a lot of Irish music. And the best way to describe them would be Irish punk, I think. There's many great songs by them. Um, but this particular one, to youth my sweet regime dub is the story behind that is i used to house share with a bunch of friends and we had a version of fifa and uh, this was one of the songs that was on the menu and uh, <laughs> i not only that but i really liked it then and discovered that you could choose which songs you wanted to play so i turned off every other song and basically this was the only <laughs> song that was playing on the menu at the time which uh annoyed everyone else for a bit but until they worked out how to how to undo it so so yeah it reminds me of good times playing fifa with my mates in my house yeah it was good times tell me why must I-
That was Flogging Molly to use my Sweet Machine dub. Now, we talked about Rosie Hamilton's talk at Test Bash Brighton this year. What was the second talk that you wanted to highlight? Uh, the second talk I wanted to highlight was by Danny Dainton, and it was his uh, topic, Learning to Learn My Struggles and Successes. A bit like Rosie, I got the chance to see quite an early version of the talk. And it was particularly early in the sense that I don't think there was anything that was exactly the same between the one he did at the local meetup and this one. But Danny's obviously been a, a good friend to myself and Tesh Bash in general and the Ministry of Testing. And uh, we've all been rooting for him to get up on stage and share his stories with us. And uh, this was a very good story, uh, admittedly starting when he was in school and how school kind of took the drive out of him for learning various things. It was far too standardised and far too prescriptive. And then talked about his time in the army, which had, in some respects, it was interesting because it was very much the same. It was very prescribed learning and there's a different way of learning. But he discovered that actually he enjoyed the learning at that point. And then eventually when he uh, learned about testing and the famous thing that testing of as a job is learning for hire and uh, he discovered that he had a passion for learning new things and testing was the perfect job for him to pursue those and there are a load of people i wanted to see at test bash this year that i didn't get to see but the, the one of the biggest things for me was missing out on the chance to see danny on the stage uh, i i know much of danny's story and i was looking forward to to seeing him there to see how he he, he conveyed that across but he comes across very well uh, when i watched it on the dojo yeah i think that's one of the key things he came across with was it's really hard to force someone to learn in, in a way that you want them to. Uh, the important thing is, and this works in the workplace as well, is to give them the freedom and the space to learn in the way they want, on the timescales they want. Yeah, it's one of the things about school specifically, because school is essentially a factory. It's just trying to churn out educated people. But mm. you could tell, looking back on my own school days, I, I was quite lucky in a lot of respects in that the school environment worked quite well for me. Uh, my biggest problem was the other students. And most of the time you could see, looking back, you think, well, they would have done far better with a lot more practical stuff or vocational or learning in other ways. But because they weren't enjoying it, they disrupted everyone else and you know it only takes really one week link and suddenly it's all it's all gone wrong so. yeah danny made the point that schooling is very much targeted towards teaching every student the same information to the same level that it's kind of tailored for the average student but there isn't really such a thing as an average student yeah that also reminded me of one of my favorite ted talks of all time which i'll link to in the show notes uh, by sean Aker who is a renowned speaker on happiness and positivity. And again, he, he talks about how, yeah, we always, we cater for for the average. And we, it's hard to push past that if you're told that being average is, what, is what's required of you. If I ask a question like, how fast can a child learn how to read in a classroom? Scientists change the answer to how fast does the average child learn how to read in that classroom? And then we tailor the class right towards the average. Now, if you fall below the average on this curve, then psychologists get thrilled because that means you're either depressed or you have a disorder or hopefully both. <laughs> We're hoping for both because our business model is that if you come into a therapy session with one problem, we want to make sure you leave knowing you have 10. So you'll keep coming back over and over again. We'll go back into your childhood if necessary, but eventually what we want to do is to make you normal again. But normal is merely average. Yeah, it, it's kind of both ways as well. It's, um, there's being above average and being told you have to be average and being below average and being told you have to be average. Both of them are dispiriting in in different ways yeah and danny then goes on to talk about how it is that he enjoys learning 
the sort of activities he undertakes. I spoke in the last episode to Mel Eden, who was saying that she really enjoys Danny's blog content about Postman and how that's really helped her. And Danny also contributes heavily on things like Stack Overflow. He uploads his examples to GitHub. He often has his examples up, updated quicker than the Postman documentation itself, I think. And yeah, there are some really useful tips there on, on ways that you can push yourself ahead that are more than just reading books. And uh, if you've not seen the talk, that's one that I would wholeheartedly recommend too. Which brings us on to song selection number three. Yes. So song selection number three is by Tom Lehrer, who is a mathematician and satirist. He didn't actually have that long a career as a musical in musical satire, but it was barely influential. I know um, Mitch Ben, uh, who's quite a well-known comedy songwriter, cites him as an influence, as does Adam Kay, who is another one. Adam Kay, I know, actually did a album last year, year before, uh, which was covering Tom Lehrer songs and you know putting new spins on some of them. Uh, this particular one is a song called Pollution. See the halibuts and the sturgeons Being wiped out by detergents Fish gotta swim and birds gotta fly But they don't last long if they try Pollution, pollution You can use the latest toothpaste And then rinse your mouth with industrial waste That was Tom Lehrer with Pollution. Now, it's funny how quickly the episode's going. We're already running out of time to pick talks to talk about. <laughs> what was the third one that you wanted to highlight? Uh, the third one I wanted to highlight, as I mentioned earlier, was from Alan Page, and it was experiences in modern testing. I first heard of Alan Page whilst he was still working at Microsoft. He had his blog through Microsoft, as well as his Angry Weasel blog. And then uh, I discovered that he and Brent Jansen were doing a podcast called AB Testing. And uh, I started listening to that. Uh, I think I came in at about episode 30 something, I believe, and then went back and essentially plowed through all of those. They keep claiming they've only got three listeners. I think they need to do a recount. Uh, they, yeah. It, it doesn't matter how often they count. They always come to three. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I proudly one of the three. Yeah, Alan is a previous guest of the podcast. He was on here on episode five, uh, actually talking about looking forward to Test Bash Brighton. So it's uh, it's funny how you could chart the course of a conference through, through a podcast sometimes. Yeah, I was glad. I got to say hello, so I was quite happy with that. So I also uh, got to play a game called Flux uh, with him and a few others as well, which uh, I'm glad to say I won. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Flux is a fairly chaotic game. Oh, I'm gutted to have missed out on the chance to play that. Yeah, Alan's talk is a really useful one, particularly if you haven't heard Alan speaking or writing about the concept of modern testing before. This is a talk that is really dense in information. Some of the slides are actually literally dense. <laughs> there are slides available to download on the dojo, and he does provide a link for the slides because he's really put a lot of thought into this. It's covered yeah, close to a year of podcast content on A-B testing, about modern testing. So uh, lots there to get into. Yeah, so the modern tester, uh, it's certainly an idea that resonates with me. As I mentioned, it's uh, its kind of what I try to bring to my role. There's many different parts to modern testing. It's, it's probably fair to say that modern testing isn't a role in itself as it is a way of developing or, or part of development of software. So that means that part of being a modern tester and modern testing is being able to coach others to be able to do testing. But then it's also actually being able to pick up the work 
when it's needed, be able to contribute. Because at the end, we want to get stuff out the door. So uh, I believe his phrase is accelerating the achievement of shippable quality Mm. is what modern testing is about. So it's getting good stuff out the door quickly. And there'll be lots of links in the show notes about that talk and places you can go to find more about Alan's work. Yeah, certainly the uh, modern testing stuff, uh, his own podcast, the AB testing, the recent episodes, I think starting from about episode 75, something like that, 76, have been very much on the the modern testing principles that they've been doing and uh, which is also what he talked about during that talk. Uh, The most recent episodes have been fully about that. So that's a good place to pick up if you're interested in learning more. Excellent. And that brings us on to song selection number four. Well, song selection number four, as you can probably tell from Tom Lehrer, I'm very much into comedic songs and satire. And to me, the pinnacle of the satirists were Gilbert and Sullivan. Uh, Sullivan with his really catchy tunes and Gilbert with his particularly on-point satirical lyrics. Probably one of their more famous songs was I Am the Very Model of a Modern Major General, which Tom Lehrer also uh, did a cover version of, uh, Mm. most famously of The Elements. So tying those two together there, you can tell this is a tradition that goes back quite a long way. Uh, This particular song is from HMS Pinafore and is called When I Was a Lad. And uh, the satire is still on point because the song is about the man who's been made First Lord of the Admiralty, who has literally never been on a ship, knows nothing about the Navy, and but still has this job, which essentially reminds me of an awful lot of managers that I've had in my time. <laughs> now, landsmen all, whoever you may be, if you want to rise to the top of the tree, if your soul isn't fettered to an office stool, be careful to be guided by this golden rule. Be Stick close to your desks and never go to sea, and you all may be rulers of the Queen's Navy. Stick close to your desks and never go to sea, and you all may be rulers of the Queen's Navy. That was When I Was Allowed from HMS Pinafore. That was the Doily Cart Opera Company version from 1948. Now, among all the things that happen at a test bash, one of the most interesting and dynamic is the end of day 99 second talks. Both you and I have done them in the past. What were the standout ones for you from Brighton this year? The main one that I can remember and point to most directly is the one that I tweeted about. And it was from Constance Armitage, who is the artful tester on Twitter and uh, basically has a very, very killer last line. But it's all about being kind being kind in your feedback, being kind in your work. And one of those things is that it's been said a lot, testers by their nature of the job have to be critical. But by being critical, there's no, there's nothing saying that you also have to be mean. Yeah, I think some of the best 99 second talks are the ones where we're encouraged to rethink the way that we work. And one of the others from Brighton that really appealed to me was from Ali Hill, who actually got his ticket through the podcast. He won our Christmas yeah. competition to, to get a ticket. And so another person I was disappointed not to see, but his talk was all about choosing not to be a software testing hero. And he did it in the style of the choose life talk from train spotting. So again, absolutely in my wheelhouse, but he's reading off a list of things uh, that being a hero isn't always a good thing. We shouldn't be striving to burn ourselves out and being on call 24 hours a day and saying, Oh, I'll sacrifice my evenings for this. Sometimes it is better to actually 
have some balance. You want your team to succeed. You don't need to hold that whole burden on your own shoulders. You're there yeah. as a team and you, you shouldn't want to be the single point person on a project. Yeah, Ali, Ali's um, talk got quite a lot of traction, I believe, because it was also turned into the poster. I know Jem Hill as well tried to get him, got him to record it for her podcast and unfortunately she lost the recording. So <laughs> that was unfortunate. Well, maybe we'll get Ali onto Tessa's on Discs at some point soon uh, and we'll get to hear that version. Uh, but yeah, there's a, a poster version of it, again, in the train spotting style, the orange and white. We'll link to that in the show notes. So as usual, it was an action-packed day at Tessa's Brighton. Are there any other honourable mentions that you'd like to give quickly? Matt Long did a talk, which was extremely good. Ash Winters on testing the pipelines was extremely good. Basically, they're all extremely good. Uh, <laughs> I, I could just... I could just bring up the list and just rattle them off. They're all brilliant, and I very much enjoyed the day. Test Bash Brighton also had the Unexpo running uh, in the breaks, which was a experiment to get people uh, to be able to basically make an expo, but driven by the participants as opposed to driven by external salespeople. And uh, that went down very well. So that was good fun. Talked to loads of people, had a lot of fun. What more, what more could you possibly want? <laughs> you also got to take part in another podcast while you were down there. So Jem Hill was recording for episode 100 of Let's Talk About Test Baby. And uh, you're one of the special guests on that episode. Yeah, by special guest, what you mean is I cornered Jem and said, would you like to do a podcast now? You're doing 100. Do you want me? Can I, can I come on? Can I ask you stuff? That was basically how that one went. So, <laughs> yeah, got, got to be on Let's Talk About Test before. I always pump it. Jem does have a Patreon for it, so be sure to support her. She doesn't mention it as much as she should herself, so I try and make sure that I plug it for her. Yeah, I'm a contributor personally as well, and it's going to be a long time before Tessa's Island Discs get to 100 episodes. It's about four years at the rate we're going, so <laughs> that's not to say there aren't enough people in the pipeline to do it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say I'm fairly certain there's 100 people there. So. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll have like 45 Stan Bush songs by that point. <laughs> does he have 45 songs? <laughs> <laughs> possibly not I know of two and both of those are in Transformers so you know yeah. <laughs> but you've got one song selection left yourself and it's someone who has not been on the podcast before yeah so um, the reason I chose this person there's a, well there's a number of reasons one of them is uh, my mother's a big fan so uh, throughout my entire childhood I couldn't get away from him the other reason for it is he one of those people who gets very much a reputation, the kind of thing of, you know, oh, it's a song by X. You know, the way some people will say about Justin Bieber, and it's like very dismissive just because of the person that it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of get the feeling that sometimes testing can go that way as well. It's like, oh, we're just the tester. You don't need to know what the tester says. You don't need to listen to the tester. This is why the artist and this particular song is quite resonant. So the artist is Cliff Richard. And the song is called Why, uh, which is by its very nature a question that we as testers ask constantly. And uh, uh, it's from the film Take Me High, which uh, I only want to mention because it co-starred Deborah Watling, which is a Doctor Who reference. So hi, Dan. (laughs) Uh, Very, very good song. He's a very good artist. Basically, what I'm saying is don't dismiss someone just because it's not cool to like or, you know, at least give them a try. I have at least listened to a Justin Bieber song. Yes, admittedly, I didn't like it, but I at least like to think I wouldn't dismiss anything else just because. And and this this experience with, with Cliff throughout my life has uh, informed that opinion. Here we go. A lot of negative answers. 
Just when you're thinking your chances About the best you'll ever get I don't know It must be due to the way Mars Is ill affecting my good stars And disconnecting me again If the heavens are against you Then you're bound to only break your necks It can't be good luck Had it in a planetary apoplex That was Cliff Richard with Why. And I've got one more what and why to ask you, which is what book would you take to the desert island with you if you could, Andrew, and why? Okay, so I've listened to every episode and I don't think anyone's ever actually not cheated on this, so I'm not going to break that particular record. (laughs) And uh, so I'm going to cheat and the book I'm going to take is actually a blog series. Now, when we did screen testing about Doctor Who, I mentioned this. And it's a blog called The TARDIS Eruditorum by Elizabeth Sandifer. And she's done what she calls a psychochronography with Doctor Who, where she's essentially gone through every Doctor Who episode, televised with occasional things into novels and some of the audio plays and the like, and has done an essay on them about, about the episode itself, but also about its place in the world and you know the things that are going on around it. It's absolutely brilliant because their essays they're quite short and bite-sized so you can just read one you know put it down and come back to it later i absolutely love it and it's doctor who so what what (laughs) like exactly and i did do a bit of a search and there have been various ebook collections of these blog posts in the past to the extent that there is something i can link to on goodreads.com which is where we collect the list of all the previous guests books so that book such as it is will go on to the collection that you can see online that is linked in the show notes And if you'd like to listen to Andrew's songs or the songs of any previous guests, you can do that on our Spotify playlist, which is linked in the show notes. And if you'd like to get hold of the podcast, you can find us on Twitter at Testers Island. Andrew, how do people come and find you if they want to hear more about Tess Bash or your new role as DevBoss? I can be found in two places mainly. One is on Twitter as at Testing Chef. I'm also on both the Ministry of Testing and Testers IO Slack as well. If you want to speak to me about anything, one of those two places, best way to get in contact with me. Excellent. It's been an absolute joy, as always, Andrew. I'm sure that we'll find some other podcasts I can get you on at some point in the future. Yeah, if, if everyone, anyone ever wants to talk about Transformers the movie, you know, if there was ever a podcast about films, for example, just as a, just putting it out there. As much as I said that we have a big backlog of episodes for Tessa on the discs, the screen testing list is just hilariously yeah, stupid. I can imagine. Stupid large. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm quite impressed I got onto that at all, frankly. <laughs> Yep, I'm sure we'll see you again soon. And I will see you all again soon, listeners, on a future episode of Tests on the Discs. Uh, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Andrew. Goodbye. See you soon. Bye. Testers Island Discs is brought to you in association with the Ministry of Testing. Written and produced by Neil Studd. Theme music by Tony Lovich. Follow us on Twitter at Testers Island 